Hello and welcome to the Talk Loud podcast. My first guest, he's a very influential A&R for Royalty Respect Management, and he's one of my closest friends. David Mullins, welcome to the show. Hey man, thanks for having me. So I was hearing you talk earlier about, um, you know, early bird gets to worm, and like, what time did we wake up? Oh man, we woke up at, uh, I mean, you woke up probably around 4 a.m., but, you know, I, I kind of yep. woke up you calling me uh, at like 5.30 Something like that, 5.30 a.m.? Yeah, so this is a little lesson in irresponsibility. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to be up and ready at like 5 o'clock. But, uh, but you know what was uh, pretty cool is that when you woke up, you were like out of the bed, ready, ready to get to work. Okay, yeah, man, I mean, I don't really get to clock out in this line of work. Um, when you work for yourself, it's it, you don't clock out. From the second I wake up, I'm working till the moment I close my eyes, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of the work ethic you have to have if you really want to be successful. I mean, it depends on how you measure success. At the end of the day, you know, successful to me is being happy. But you know, I I work hard for my my last name, not my first name. So I mean, my overall idea of success is something I could leave down to my kids. Um, you know, a legacy, whether that be in you know currency or just you know influence on people i i believe that that's kind of what success is so don't measure your success by how much money you have now you just recently hit 17k followers on instagram and they're uh, they're trying to get you to 20 yeah man i'm really excited about that um it was kind of nerve-wracking to have that many people looking at what i do on a daily basis <laughs> so you know i mean as as a christian um you know i kind of gotta kind of gotta you know i don't know how to explain it, it it says you know leaders are held at a higher you know standard than normal people so if you consider yourself a leader or you consider yourself a christian you know someone who's actively representing christ it it's very important to make sure that you know you're on point at all times because there might be young people who are very easily influenced and malleable looking at your everyday actions so you just want to make sure you're, you're giving them the best representation of what a you know, a Christian looks like, and just just a man in general. I got a question because you you have so many followers, right? But a good majority of them, I feel, don't really understand what it is to uh, be in the business and invest in themselves. So when they message you, because you sometimes share it on your story, they'll be like, "I'm not paying thirty dollars for a consultation fee." Um, and I was just observing you do a few consultations yourself. And, you know, how could people be worried that it's a scam? I mean, you're a professional. Professionals charge. There's a consultation fee just for somebody to do an appraisal of the air conditioning at your house. There's a consultation fee for almost everybody. Lawyers, doctors, anybody. You know, plastic surgery. <laughs> you go in, you have to pay a consultation fee. And so I don't get why people... uh think that you know it's just going to be free everything's going to be given to them I, I think it stems from honestly i don't mean to be rude or it just stems from pure laziness because if you understand the psychology of an artist like i do because I, I i'm an independent artist myself um you know a lot of artists feel like their way out of doing any hard work is just writing lyrics on paper and that because somebody wrote a nice little fancy poem on a piece of paper that somebody owes them something, that someone should pay them for this. So I feel like a lot of artists feel like, why should I pay you if I'm the talented one? Well, yeah, you're talented, but you know, talent is just a product. 
Someone has to sell that product. I don't care how good a product is. If you leave it on the shelf and don't tell anybody it's there, no one's going to buy it. Or if you have a really good product and you suck at selling it, still, no one's going to buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, me being a professional in the music industry, I do charge for my time. Um, you know, it, it's just like you said, if you want to talk to a lawyer, you got to pay. If you want to talk to a doctor, you got to pay. Now, it's one thing to be humble, and it's another thing to be arrogant. You know, if you're humble and you tell me, hey, man, I really can't afford a consultation fee. Like, I'm going through it right now, but I still want to talk to you, Dave. I want to, I want to pick your brain. I want to, I want to learn something from you. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're humble and you really need knowledge and you, you're honest with me, I'll do a consultation for free. I'll just give you advice. I'll point you in the right direction. I'll help you in any way I can. But it, it all comes down to respect, integrity, as well as just, you know, being humble. You know, a lot of people feel like the world owes them something. And honestly, the world doesn't owe you anything. Your dad doesn't even owe you anything. Some people are lucky to have fathers. Some people are lucky to have mothers. And really, you know, the, the sad reality to it is, is this is something that no one's going to give you. No one's going to hand you a successful music career. And so, so if somebody is interested in doing a consultation, how much is that? What's the fee? Man, I only charge $30 for a phone consultation. $30, guys. And I just witnessed this uh, this exchange. Not her side, but you were on the phone for close to an hour and a half just giving information that's priceless from the business for 30 bucks, And she could, you know, she could say, no, this isn't the right fit for me, but she came away with a whole bunch more knowledge than she would have known. Now, now she has something tangible. Um, and, you know, I feel like I just charge for my time so I can get paid to work, you know what I mean? I work really hard. I don't get paid by the hour. So, you know, if I don't, if I do one consultation a day, I make 30 bucks that day, you know what I mean? So, I, I really work hard to make sure that I can give people valuable information that they can actually apply. Whether or not they choose to work with me and my company, I, I just rather give you value so that you, you can you can understand something, you know, walking away from you can take something from that. So you actually get something that costs way more than thirty dollars. Um, so I know a lot of record labels and they charge you an arm and a leg just for a meeting. Like I know Exactly. I know some record labels that charge five hundred dollars for a consultation. That's nasty. And then you gotta fly out to see them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, with me, I just, just make sure my time is compensated for. I, I do work really hard, and I feel like that's a fair price. And it's a quick FaceTime call. Quick FaceTime call. You can see I'm real. I'm not trying to hide anything from you. And, you know, I'm really trying to arm you with information that you can use, because a lot of artists don't understand how to be successful in the music industry. I like to give them a blueprint and make it all tangible. So that even if they can't afford to work with me right now, or they can't afford to, you know, get their music to the next level, they have a goal. They have something they can aspire towards and something they can tangibly go out there and get as opposed to just, you know, taking shots in the dark, hoping they, they hit something. You know what I mean? They actually have, you know, tangible goals. I was just uh, watching on YouTube uh, Post Malone's White Iverson, how they, uh, they just borrowed <laughs> his friend's Bentley and then they invested $5,000 in the music video and then just put it out there. I mean, even, you know, overnight successes have investments inside of them. And for people to, you know, think that it's given for free or that they're going to get something in for free and they're going to make it is 
you know, honestly ridiculous. But I want to talk about, um, you know, a lot of people might not know how to get started in this industry. How did you? Well, man, I, I don't believe in luck, but I believe in being prepared for an opportunity. So you can prepare yourself to be lucky. Being prepared for an opportunity is you creating your own luck. So how I got started working in the industry was, you know, I was an independent artist. Um, you know, I, I went through the stage of, you know, arguing with my dad about me being, you know, a superstar and how I'm going to be rich and all this kind of stuff, how I'm going to retire him. And, you know, I didn't have a job. All I did was stay home all day, smoke weed, you know, drink alcohol, record music, write music all day. And it got to a point where my, my dad got sick of it and kicked me out of the house. You know, that really taught me how to be a man. I had to go out there and get it on my own. I didn't have I didn't have anything to fall on, you know what I mean? So, you know, when that happened to me, I had to go out there and start making money. And that's when I really realized that I don't care how many hours you invest into writing music or how good you get at your craft that no one's going to give it to you. You you have to invest in yourself. You have to be able to want it so bad that you're going to go out and get it for yourself. You can't expect somebody to just fall out of the sky and just hand it to you. You got to pay your dues. Um, and I, I paid my dues. I, I worked really, really hard. I worked two to three jobs at a time, saved up enough money to buy my own studio equipment, have my own in-house studio, and then came to the point where I realized that just recording music isn't enough. I have to have multiple streams of income to really fund a music career and more importantly, a music business. So I realized real quick that, you know, I can't just put music out and hope it blows up. I have to really get this product in front of multiple people. And, you know, I came to that realization from my experience in sales. Um, you know, I've worked a lot of sales jobs in my life. And honestly, if you only show your music to a couple hundred people, maybe only two or five of them, maybe 20 people will like it. But if you really want people to have, you know, be your fans and you really want to get a fan base, you got to, you got to be able to put it in front of thousands of people, millions of people. So I realized real quick that, you know, this is a business. This isn't just a hobby. Like, And to start any business, I don't care where you are, America, Yugoslavia, if you want to start a business, it takes investment. You got to have money. You can't start a business without money. Changing the uh, the subject, your Facebook page still says, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, I gotta change that. <laughs> so I wanted to pull up this photo. Uh, it's not of us or anything, but have you heard from uh, Kimmel? I haven't heard from Kimmel in a long time. Man, me either. What was that? That was, uh, what, Homecoming? or? That was Homecoming, yeah. Yeah. Actually, my girlfriend won Homecoming Queen, and I didn't win Homecoming King, but my friend did, and he, uh, he actually gave me the crown and let me be the Homecoming King so I could go dance with my girlfriend. Um, Dude, that's awesome. It's pretty dope. That's awesome. so nice of him. You went to her homecoming? What, is she a senior? No, we were in the same grade. It was Marissa. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I thought you were talking about your girlfriend. The only time I ever had a girlfriend that was younger than me was like when I was in 10th grade and she was in 9th grade. Okay. But only the yeah, only I, re I remember Marissa, yeah. No, uh... <laughs> That would have been super weird for the podcast if your new girlfriend was underage. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to take a break. We'll come right back in a second. I'm here with David Mullins on the Talk Loud podcast. 
Yo, prom was fun. Prom was fun. But uh, I went with a um, with a girl who, uh, you know, got on her monthly. <laughs> oh, man. On that, like, in the middle of prom. Oh, that's terrible. And she's like, and, like I'm just, I'm partying, you know. There was no liquor or anything, but <laughs> not there. But, you know, who knows what you do before prom. Oh, man. But, dude, she caught it right in the middle. And, like, everybody was like, oh, you going to the after parties? I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going to the parties. Yeah. And, like, nobody liked me in high school, but, you know, everybody liked me on prom for some reason. That's funny. <laughs> and so she was like, Edward, we go. I'm like, all right, I can call you an Uber. <laughs> oh, man, you called her an Uber? No. I called my mom. I was like, Mom, can you pick us up? She's, uh, she's bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awkward. And my mom was just like, oh my gosh, does she need to go to the hospital? I'm like, no, 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 from her. Yeah. So my mom picked me up, and I left early. I left prom early. And declined that. So yeah, no, I left prom early, but, you know, while I was there, um, it was a good time. It was a good time. No, it definitely was a good time. I actually, I took, um... One of our teacher's friends to prom. She was really, really hot chick. She, everybody was jealous because um, I had the hottest chick at prom. And I didn't know what to do. Um, you know, I, I had a date with her, too. With Amber? Yeah. Went on a date with her? Yeah. And she's like, nah. But, like, I was, I'm socially awkward. So, like, I yell at people when I see them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> bro, that would scare the hell out of a girl, bro. I'm pretty sure you scared her into the date. I don't know why she went on the date with you. I was like, I thought you were a rapist. Like, you want to go on a date with me? Huh? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, nah, I didn't do that. I was just like, hey, you went to prom with David, right? And so I'm just like, been like... Hey, you went to prom with David. Uh, let me take you on a, a real date. Let me show you what a real man's like. No, nah, I wouldn't put you down like that. <laughs> oh, man, it's okay. But I, but I said... Uh, I said, hey, let's go get coffee at the, uh, the the BC book or, like, cafe. That was our date. Yep, that's pretty lame. How many years have we been friends? I would say we've been friends. Six? Six, six, seven years. Six, seven years. About seven years, yep. Day one of, um, of my, my transfer from my school when I came to McFadder, I think it was Gabe that introduced me to the whole table. Uh, James. Yep. Have you, uh, have you talked to James recently? I haven't heard anything from him. No, I haven't talked to James at all. J-Raw. J-Raw. <laughs> oh, man, he, he actually, talking about J-Raw, he's actually the reason I started rapping. J-Raw, because yeah. I saw that he was rapping, you know, and I thought it was like, I'm like, yo, this kid's, uh, he's alright, but he's kind of whack. Like, I'm like, I, I, and I was kind of jealous of him because everybody thought he was so cool and he could rap good. And I'm like, bro, like I could rap way better than this kid. So I started rapping. We had like this group chat where all the guys from from high school would start rapping in the chat. Like everybody would rap battle in the chat. I wasn't a part of that chat, and I was putting music out too. Oh man, but it, it was. <laughs> oh man, but that chat was crazy, bro. And that actually what you know made me start pushing rap, and you know. Ultimately, I forgot to answer your question how I actually got in the music industry. That actually yeah. brings us back to that point. Um, you know, I was, you know, I realized I had to get money to pay for a music career. So I started working for a life insurance company and I was one of the top recruiters. And, you know, I was in the mall teaching a group of young, 
young uh, entrepreneurs how to recruit for their business. And um, you know, I saw this guy, you know, with you know like five diamond chains on, bust down Rolex, you know, diamond bracelets, and I'm like, oh my gosh, let me try to recruit this guy because I know for a fact this guy has something to do with music. So I, I kind of was thinking in my head, man, hey, should I? Should I should I should I spit a sixteen bar verse to him? Should I should I rap to him, or should I try to recruit him? You know, because I, I felt like I've already come to the understanding that, you know, if your music isn't making you money, you're not really an asset to anybody. You're just a liability. Because what that means is, if I go up to you and start rapping, that kind of means that I really don't have anything to show you. Because if I really had you know, platform, I would show you my platform as opposed to just spitting to you. You know what I mean? Instead of just Oh, bro, hear me, listen to me rap. I'll be like, hey, bro, check out my stats. Look, oh, look, look at this video I posted on YouTube. It got a million views. So I, I kind of noticed that, nah, I'm going to try to recruit him, quote unquote, <laughs> hoping he would recruit me. So I kind of, you know, had my suit on. I was looking professional. And that, that's, that's, that stems to what I was talking about before with you create your own luck. I believe being lucky is being prepared for an opportunity. So I prepared myself for that opportunity. I was in the mall, I was recruiting, I looked like a businessman. I had a suit on, my hair was done nice, and I was in my, I was in my element, doing my job well. And um, you know, I spit game to him, tried to recruit him, told him about my, my business, why he should join my business, and why he should work for me, knowing damn well deep inside, this guy had way more money than I had, and I was broke, and I couldn't even pay my rent. So it actually worked out to my favor. Um, he, he was like, nah, man, you need to come work for me. And he handed me uh, a business card and said, hey, man, come to my office. And from that day, this, what seemed to me is like a millionaire, answered my phone call every single time I called him for the next four to five months. I don't care what time it was, early in the morning, late at night, he answered my phone call every single time. I, could, I, I remember it, it went for like a year to the point where this super busy CEO of a record label answered my phone call every single time I called him no matter what and that just resonated with me like wow this guy like he's got this guy he really cares about me he really cares like he, he takes the time no matter what he's doing to, to answer any questions I have or help me or give me advice and before I even started working for him you know what I mean and came to a point where I started working for him and I was still struggling you know I really wasn't applying myself to the point where I, I really couldn't even pay my rent um I basically told him, and I'll never forget, he, he sent me the money and paid my rent for me when I hadn't even made him a dollar. I'd never made this guy any money, and he paid my rent and hired me and gave me an opportunity when no one else would. That's which, amazing. Which, this is how I got into the industry. So fast forward, you know, uh, two and a half years later, um, he's helped me to become financially stable, financially free. Put me in position to be my own boss. Now I'm an A and R, and I get to do what I love for a living. I never feel like I'm working a day in my life. I mean, it's not really work if you love what you do. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, it's definitely not the easiest. Not no job is ever easy. Easy, you know. You're still grinding. You're still, you know, trying to get customers, find that next artist that wants to invest in themselves, and that's hard. That's, this is actually the hardest part of the business. It's the person has to want to invest in themselves before they can even come to you. Exactly. And not a lot of people, they just want to sit back and say, maybe one day. Maybe one day it'll just happen. 
but that doesn't happen. As I said earlier, Post Malone put $5,000 in a music video, released it with no fans. Even he invested. He knew he had to put money into something that he wanted to do to get a return back. Of course. He invested $5,000. How many millions did he get back from one song? I don't even know, man. A lot. So, I mean, the hardest part is that people have to wake up. They have to realize it's not going to come to you. You have to go and get it. And that's whether you want that good job, you want that car, you want that speaker system, you want whatever you want. You have to go get it. Nobody's going to hand it to you. Except for a free computer. I got a free computer from my... From my uh, from I play. I mean, I'm not playing, but... <laughs> no, man, it's a blessing. So, I see this, uh, these plaques on the wall. Who is, uh, who is this, uh, August Alsina? August Alsina, um, he was a very successful R&B artist. Um, God bless him. I know he's going through a lot right now with his sickness and whatever. What um, sickness? I don't know. He has some terrible sickness where he's been in the hospital for a while. I don't know if he's doing better or not, but, you know, pray for him. Oh um, but, um... We got these plaques on the wall because um, the awesome, awesome lady who does our administration and our publishing, you know, and all of our important paperwork that, you know, kind of keeps the business running, her name is Spikey. Um, you know, she, she was actually, you know, managing one of the producers who actually produced um, August's biggest track, the ones that, you know, really exploded the most. Um, and, you know, that's how we were able to get these plaques on the wall. She helped with that process. Um, Spikey is... Worked with a lot, a lot of artists in the music industry behind the scenes. Um, so I mean, our team is responsible for you know collectively different accolades. Each each person brings different accolades to the table, but collectively as a team, you know, we're responsible for number one hits on the Billboard, platinum plaques, gold plaques. And there, um, these are th- are these three or two? No, that's that's four. It's four different plaques. But uh, which one? This one so is platinum, platinum, gold, gold, gold. Three gold. Three golds and one platinum. That's amazing. It's awesome. Anyways, David, I want to say thank you for coming in. I know you woke up early to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you guys want to know more about the music industry or, you you know. Where can they help, find you? Who's cutting me off, a little picky diller. Um, yeah, man, if, if you need more information or you need help growing your music career, hit me up on Instagram at DavidTheDude. But you spell it D-A-V-I-D-T-H-A-D-U-D-E-E. And you can find me on Instagram at Edward Bays with two S's at the end. Hey, and if you ever need help in the music industry, just Google Roy Team Respect. They'll take care of you. Thank you, David, for coming in. And I will see you, our lovely listeners, on the next Talk Loud podcast show. Have a good day.